Anthony Richardson could clear the concussion protocol in time to play on Sunday, but will he actually play? Let's get to it. You are locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, what up? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, which is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, everybody. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I am, of course, am the resident credentialed media member of the site. And Zach is just in his element, like a (laughs) hog in slop, just loving all this film study that he's bringing to you guys. Was that a good one today? Hog and slop. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, perfect. perfect. I mean, I was in the trenches all day today. I was looking at offensive line stuff for something that's going to be coming out here on Wednesday, and then I did a whole film room on Grover Stewart, which mm-hmm. I know you guys were a fan of, because who isn't a fan of Grover Stewart right. fan or Grover Stewart film? I mean, Shane Sykin, we're going to get to here in a second, yeah. went out of his way to shout out Grover Stewart because, yeah, Grover Stewart's that great. So, yeah, that's yep. over on HorseshoeHuddle.com right now. Yeah, read all of Zach's stuff. You're going to be smarter from reading his, his film studies because you can see it with your eyes, but when – he puts it in a certain way. You see why things happen the way they do. So anyways, on today's show, uh, the Colts made some roster moves on Tuesday. We'll get to those, the impact that they might have on the uh, roster as a whole. Uh, and then we'll look at some things that, you know, Shane Steichen and the coordinators have said since the game happened on Sunday that really kind of resonated with us. Um, there's a few guys on defense that we would like to see get some more snaps uh, maybe even starting as soon as this Sunday against the Ravens. And then ultimately, who do we think needs to step up the most against the Ravens? Um, I, I don't know about a win, but to be as competitive as possible, essentially. Like, who really needs to step up? Uh, so we'll go ahead and get these roster moves in here. So the Colts elevated offensive lineman Arlington Hambright to the active roster from the practice squad. Uh, that's a guy who had a big impact during the summer, played Right guard, left guard, and left tackle, I believe, uh, looked best at left tackle. Uh, To make room on the roster, they waived offensive tackle Ryan Hayes, who is a rookie, one of their waiver pickups right after roster cuts. Uh, And then the most interesting one is they signed running back Trey Sermon to the practice squad. Uh, That's a guy who uh, he was with the Eagles. Uh, We saw plenty of him when the Colts played the Eagles in the preseason. And he actually got off to a hot start in that game and uh, I, I believe the commentary in that was the Colts might want to keep an eye on this guy uh, early in the game. And then ultimately they liked what they saw from that. So he is now on. He's pretty interesting because he actually could factor into the active roster. Uh, he's a veteran in his career. Uh, a couple years, he has started two of 11 games. He's been with the 49ers and Eagles, uh, has 46 touches in his career for 212 yards and a touchdown. So he has been out there. Uh, he could be useful. You know, special teams basically could replace the Jake Funk, you know, 
element in the backfield, which there there really wasn't any much, much of anyone besides Zach Moss on Sunday. So gives you some proven depth back there. Yeah, I think you have to say the elephant in the room. He could replace Deion Jackson on the roster because that's possible. After week one, where Deion Jackson played a ton of snaps, absolutely zero. In None snaps. <laughs> yeah, that. he was just not out there. Uh, I think he's kind of in the doghouse right now, which rightfully so. I mean, when you average under one yard per carry and have two fumbles in your one start, I mean, you're going to be in the doghouse a little bit. But no, Trey Sermon, former third round pick out of Ohio State, was with the Eagles last year with Shane Steichen last year. I think he was their you know, third or fourth running back in that rotation did a couple good things on the year. So he knows the offense. He knows what he's doing. He's got, he's just has to stay healthy and Mm -hmm. he's going to fit in pretty well. So I I would expect him to be a call up to the main roster here in the next couple of weeks. He might even get one of the practice squad elevation things this next Sunday. Yeah. Cause in terms of, I don't know whether it's more special teams they're looking for or just contributions and the, um, they need another runner. They need another runner because Zach Moss they played ninety eight percent of the snaps this past week. Yeah. They need someone else they can actually put in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. They're they're going to start burning through the the three allowed practice squad elevations they're getting with some of these guys. So I, I'm curious to see how much of it is for special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, Shane Steichen and the coordinators have kind of said some some interesting things um, about some of these guys in the positive aftermath, I guess, of the Colts' first win of the season. Uh, So right now, I guess the biggest thing on everyone's mind is Anthony Richardson is in the concussion protocol, but will he play on Sunday? It's certainly possible for him to clear the concussion protocol and and get out there. Um, But he's a quarterback. He's a rookie quarterback where you're looking towards his future. He's gotten banged up now in each of his first two games. So regardless of if he clears it, should he? Like, he's not going to get an entire slate of practice reps that he normally would. So is it worth throwing him out there? And then, so Shane Steichen was asked about it. Uh, so he responded, we're going to work through those things and we'll talk through those tonight, which was Monday. I don't have a definitive answer for you guys right now, but we'll work through those things. Uh, and then he was kind of pressed again about how much time does he need? Uh, he said, like I said, we'll work through those things. I don't have a definitive answer. So <laughs> n- not, not much there. He super honest. (laughs) Yeah. He he didn't come out and say, you know, if he's healthy, he'll play, which they would with a lot of other people. But he was asked again about Drew Ogletree because Drew Ogletree was in the concussion protocol last week. He cleared it in in time for the game, but did not play. Will Mallory was available. And I think they just elected to give Ogletree a little more time to come back from that concussion, even though he cleared so that could very well be what they do with Richardson. I mean, they have Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really think that the injury in Week One really factors into this. Like, I don't think it's a the Colts looking at it being like, ah, oh, he's banged up. Let's give him a week to rest. I don't really think mm-hmm. that's what it is. I think it's you know concussions are a very serious injury. Even yeah. if they have a pretty quick turnaround to coming back and playing, these are a serious injury. It's a brain injury. You know, like yeah. that's exactly what this is, and because of all the steps you have to go through with the concussion protocol, it's unlikely that he's going to be cleared by, you know, Wednesday or he's going to be cleared by Thursday. Even if he gets cleared, it might be a Drew Ogletree situation where it's, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday evening or Saturday. 
you know, right before the game. And then how comfortable are you throwing this rookie quarterback who, yes, he needs reps, but also he needs those reps in practice, you know, to understand the game plan and understand what he's going through. If he's spending a whole week just going through the protocol and then throwing him out there against a really, really good Ravens team, I feel like that's setting him up for failure. Like, I'm not saying he's going to fail, but I could see the Colts perspective of, hey, you know what? He was in the concussion protocol all week. We have a veteran quarterback who can move the offense a little bit. So let's just give him a week here like to get ready for the Rams game, get him actually some practices under his belt for that game. And we don't, you know, he doesn't have to play all 17 games as rookie season. If he's getting 16 under his belt, like that's still fine. You know, he's getting those quality reps. So I think the Colts are ultimately going to play it safe with this. Like unless he's cleared by Wednesday somehow, which I don't think is actually possible. But if he's cleared by like Wednesday, when you guys are listening to this, then I think it changes. But if he's cleared by like Saturday, I just don't see the Colts throwing him out there with no practices under his belt throughout the week or maybe one practice under his belt. I agree. I, I think it's just better to play it cautious with this. Um, and again, this is a tough defense. Like, does he still probably give you the best chance to win because you can just draw up some some runs for him? We obviously saw how effective that was. Yeah, but he's also your future. So you don't you just don't want it, to it's not necessary to force it. And when I mentioned the the you know getting banged up in week one, it wasn't like resting him because of that. It's just like right. Okay, it's two weeks in a row now. This guy's gotten a little banged up. Like, let's not force it in like, you know, week three, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll obviously keep you guys posted on that quite a bit throughout the week. He's gonna be on the injury report, so we'll we'll have more on that. Uh, before we wrap up the segment, though, I wanted to mention he was Shane Steichen was asked about the defense and like specifically some things about like the secondary and how they struggled. And he wrapped that into a praise of the defensive line, specifically Grover Stewart. Uh, he said, you know, there's some little things we got to clean up, little details. We'll get those cleaned up. And then he said, I thought the defensive line, I'm just going to point out that one guy, Grove, shoot, he played awesome. And then he went on to mention like DeForest Buckner, Samson Nabucum, Quiddy, blah, blah, blah. So it went from, man, how how do you guys uh, clean up the mistakes in the secondary? To Man, do you guys see Grover Stewart? He was awesome. So Getting that was love from his head coach. That was me all week talking about this Colts defense as well. Like, I don't yeah. want to talk about the secondary after what just happened. This Colts front seven, though, they looked yeah. awesome. So I, Shane Steigen, I totally get it. I totally get it. Why talk about really crummy secondary play when you can praise Grover Stewart? 100% get it. That's what we're doing at HorseshoeHuddle.com right now, too. So understand completely. I love it, Shane Steigen. <laughs> And so that segues beautifully into Zach and I are going to talk about the secondary here in a little bit. Uh, But first, let's talk to you about some fantasy. Let's talk to you about eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily lineup or scouting the waiver wire for your best ball team, Every week, we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And it's Kismet, because right here, he's got some of the Colts are going to be facing. It's Ravens rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers, who had a fine debut in week one before a modest week two, but he had a huge catch from Lamar Jackson that week two game. So the guy has shown a lot of flashes. If you've been impressed by Josh Downs, Zay Flowers has basically been that on steroids so far. Uh, but Flowers is going to go into full bloom, Iyer says, while cruising to a big game on a weak cold secondary at home in week three. 
Flowers will be schemed open as well as Baltimore's new look passing game continues to find more life with Lamar Jackson. Also remember Odell Beckham Jr. banged up, probably going to bump Flowers up in the targets as well. So Vinny from Locked On Fantasy is going to help you guys win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. And every day is we'll be back tomorrow with Crossover Thursday. We're talking with Kevin from Locked On Ravens to get the lowdown on this matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. Do the Colts have a chance? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see if I roll over in this crossover as well, like you guys said last time. So it'll be a fun one with a conversation with Kevin from Locked On Ravens. All right, Jake, getting into this next segment, we're going to talk about some Colts defensive backs that just need to have some playing time because these current guys are just not having a great go of it right now. Again, I don't want to make this show all about just bashing players over and over again. So I'm not going to bring up the starters that are struggling right now because I feel like we've done enough the last two shows talking about those guys. They just haven't been doing good enough right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, they need to they need to consider a replacement or just getting some rotational guys in there. And obviously they have the the players that are capable of playing right now. Juju Brents, uh, you're going to give us a quote from Gus Bradley here in a second on why he hasn't been playing yet, but he's coming up. You know, he's eventually going to get there. Jalen mm-hmm. Jones, obviously we've heard a lot of really good things about Jalen Jones. And then Nick Cross as well. So I think these are three guys that at least need to be rotated in a little bit more on defense. We know Gus Bradley is a little bit stubborn early in the season when it comes to his rotations, but with the struggles in the secondary right now, I think it's time to get these guys going. I mean, again, I know you're going to give us a good quote on Juju Brents and why he hasn't been playing yet, but the other two guys, Jalen Jones, Nick Cross, like it's just time getting him out there, man. It's time getting those two guys out there because it can't be much worse than what we're seeing right now. And at least these two guys are going to be playing at a hundred miles per hour. They're going to be giving that effort. They're going to be giving that tenacity, that aggression that we're just not seeing right now in the four starters. And I mean, Four aside from Kenny Moore, uh, the four guys we're seeing out there. So I, I think it's time to get these guys out there. Yeah, and you you read my mind about Gus Bradley because it was roughly around this time or about a week later last year where the cries for Isaiah Rogers over Brandon face on hit a fever pitch, and we finally saw it. Like he was willing to adjust things a little bit. Uh, so Juju Brents, there's been a lot of speculation from fans kind of about like he's a healthy scratch. What's the deal? There is no deal. There is no problem. It's just he missed all of the on-field stuff during the offseason while he was recovering from his wrist surgery. And then during the summer, he missed like the first two or so weeks with a hamstring. So he's a second-round pick, yes, but the guy has barely practiced. So he's got like, I don't know, a dozen or so practices under his belt finally. He just needs to get up to speed because – and this defense with Gus Bradley and Ron Milas is the defensive backs coach. Like you're not going to play unless they're comfortable with you being out there yet. And it's not a problem. They're not comfortable with him yet. Cause again, he's a rookie who has not practiced like Jalen Jones, for example, I can't remember any, I can't remember any time he's missed. 
He's been out there all spring, all summer. Um, so it, it's again, it's there's no ominous thing. It's just the guy needs more practice reps. Uh, so Gus Bradley kind of dove in on that a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, he said Brent's got more reps last week. Uh, I thought he had a good week of practice last week. That time that he was missing, but he's now coming back. He's getting more reps and walkthroughs, more reps in practice. So he's getting along nicely. We hope to get him a few more reps this week. So they're just trying to get him up to speed. Like there's only so many reps you can get because you do have to get the starters prepared to play, but they'll get him in there eventually. Like within a week or two, I've got to imagine we're going to start seeing him active on game days. Like, cause you also don't want to hide him all week. You have to get him some, even if it's just special team stuff during the game, like you have to get him out there. So yeah, it's no big deal. Like it's disappointing because he's a second round pick, but he'll get out there. Yeah. But Again, that kind of leads to the Jalen Jones thing where it feels closer to the Isaiah Rogers thing last year with Brandon yeah. Payson. Jalen Jones is time for him for sure. Right. And again, I know he's a rookie still trying to learn the coverages, which you're going to give us a quote from Gus Bradley on that as well. So I understand it to a degree, but he needs to at least get a couple snaps out there because like, again, I'm not asking him to completely take over from Daryl Baker Jr., but like it needs to be at least a two series for Daryl Baker Jr., one series for Jalen Jones and that kind of rotation, you know, a two for one rotation is what, what they typically say, you know, uh, for coaches, whatever, where it's like two series on one series off two series on one series off Jalen Jones, at least needs to get those reps out there right now, because mm-hmm. again, we're just not seeing the urgency or the aggression whatsoever in Daryl Baker jr. We need to see someone else eventually. And again, I'm not completely burying Daryl Baker jr. I know that's really what, I've, what I've been doing all week. I'm not saying there's no chance of him turning it around, but like at some point you have guys that you've invested a little bit more in and have a little bit more upside. So just go with the younger guys. If you're going to, if you're going to have guys making mistakes out there, at least let them be 21 years old. Like they are with Jalen Jones, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's tough to say, cause I like Daryl Baker jr. And I like them all off season, but like Jalen Jones, I think just needs more reps. And if they're gonna if they're gonna have someone out there struggling, I'd rather be the young guy who can learn and, and play it at 100 miles per hour, not the guy who's gonna miss tackles high on the five yard line, let a guy walk in for a touchdown. You know, yeah. I, I know I've been harping on that all week, but like that just can't happen at cornerback. No. So I, I think it's time to get at least Jalen Jones out there for a couple series this next game for sure. Yeah, Colts defenses are not normally poor tackling defenses. And that, like once that starts to get out on tape, like it's got to, you got to nip like, that in the like bud. Like Brandon Faison last year. Brandon Faison, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. I he think didn't Faison, want it. it. Right. Like you could see right. um, contact coming and he ran from it. It's Yeah. Like I will say Faison was better in coverage than what Daryl Baker Jr. has shown through two weeks. But again, the tackling and the effort was just not there. And, and that's mm-hmm. why when we were all saying for Isaiah Rogers Sr., even though he's five foot nine 170 pounds last year he was getting out there and he was tackling daryl uh derrick henry in space he yeah. was tackling you know all these receivers in space it's like i don't care if you make mistakes at corner but at least make them playing fast you know make yeah. them playing fast and aggressive if you're gonna miss a tackle at least give a good pop in there don't just whiff on it and not even touch the guy again mm-hmm. i know i've been hyping on this too much all yeah. week but i think it's time for jalen jones to get out there and then once juju brents is ready you start getting Juju Brents in there as the starter as well. And you have that rotation of those guys. I think, again, if Baker Jr. can turn it around this week, but it's time to get some new blood out there. Yeah, and Jones, in terms of effort and, and fire and everything, he's been one of the most tenacious members of the secondary in every practice I've seen. Like, he's always competitive for the ball, and that's just the kind of stuff you want to see. 
Uh, so Gus Bradley had some some things to say about him as well. I said the thing about Jalen Jones is when he gets up and plays man coverage one on ones, he's very talented. I think the knock on him before was his consistency on the perimeter with all the different coverages that we do. I've seen him get a lot better in that. We're kind of in a good situation as far as the corner spot just because we are young. But I really see those two younger guys, which is Jones and Brents, coming along. Um, so to me, that reads like we're he still needs to like get a get a hang of like all the different things and coverage we're going to be asking of him. It's not always just going to be man. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he's kind of got those things down and he's able to kind of decipher what's in front of him, then he'll get out there and do it more often. So it feels like a film study type of thing. Yeah, I think it's just he's young again, 21 years yeah. old, completely new defense. So get ready to get him out there. I know it's so early in the season for me to be freaking out about getting these young guys out there, but like again, if you're someone like me who is so passionate about the cornerback position, seeing what I saw on film with this cornerback room last week, you would understand my frustration, guys. So I don't want to seem like I'm like borderline tears or anything here, but like <laughs> oh, just just play fast if you're going to make mistakes. Play fast. That's why I always loved about Rakia Sin. Rakia Sin would grab guys and pull guys to the ground if he's getting beat, and it's frustrating because he's giving up all these penalties, but at least he's trying out there. <laughs> like At least he's he's moving the way he can. It's just I can't stand lackadaisical play. That's why I soured on Xavier Rhodes towards the end of his tenure with the Colts mm-hmm. as well. Uh, enough of my tangent here, though, guys. Coming up, we're going to talk about some Colts players to watch in this Baltimore Ravens game and players that are key for the Colts to get the victory or the surprise victory even against the Baltimore Ravens. But first, our friends at Prize Picks are the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. It is so much fun, guys. I go on there, less than 60 seconds, submit my pick, forget what pick I meant. I actually submitted, and then I'm rooting for everything across the entire NFL in the course of minutes. It's great. I love it. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks at number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use promo code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 again go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use promo code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy All right, Jake, so getting into the players that are just the most important for the Colts to win this week or just players to watch against the Baltimore Ravens, obviously we've got to start with the quarterback position. Like, let's let's approach this entire segment with the assumption Anthony Richardson is not playing Uh, Mm -hmm. just because – I don't think he's going to play, you know, (laughs) that's gut feeling. Zach's gut feeling for all you guys who were here from Reddit. That's, it's a whole tag on the Colts Reddit page right there is Zach's gut feeling. My gut feeling is he's not going to play this week. So Gardner Minshew is a starter, Jake, who are some guys that are most important for the Colts getting the victory in this one around Gardner Minshew? Yeah. So with a Gardner Minshew led offense, I cannot see it being advantageous for him to throw like 40 times. So because of that, I think Zach Moss needs to play a pretty significant role. Uh, When you look at the Ravens' first two games, Damian Pierce and Joe Mixon have combined for 97 yards, but four yards per carry. The Ravens have just kind of been overwhelming these guys, uh, Mm -hmm. their their opponents. So it's not that you can't run on the Ravens. Like, they're generally good against the run, but, like, 
if you get from Zach Moss and the offensive line against the Ravens, what you got against Houston, which it's, it's not even, we're not comparing, you know, apples, to apples there. Um, but I think Zach Moss is, would, is going to be a very big factor. If he is successful, then it's going to help Gardner Minshew be successful in the Colts offense overall. But if Moss is getting blanked, Minshew's not going to throw for 400 yards and win the Colts the game. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing with Gardner Minshew is whatever your offense is capable of doing, he's going to get you that. If your skill position players are not playing up to par, your offensive line's not playing up to par, your running back's not hitting the holes, then he's not going to be an effective quarterback, which I know is a is not that crazy of a concept because, like, duh. But, like, right. when you have a quarterback like Anthony Richardson with his playmaking ability and his ability to create, or that potential, I guess, to create, there mm -hmm. are chances for him to create plays when nothing is there. Gardner Minshew, that's not what you're going to get. He's going to create the plays that are in front of him. He's not going to mm -hmm. do much, like, creativity or background kind of stuff he's gonna or uh, playground type of stuff he's gonna do the Gardner Minshew thing which is which is distribute the ball and let the offense flow so you need a running game where yes Zach Moss doesn't have to run for 200 yards in this game but he needs to be what he was last week where first down I'm getting this into a second and six. Second down I'm getting this yeah. into a third and two third and three so third down Gardner Minshew can come out and he could do his Gardner Minshew thing and throw the ball under five yards and get that first down. That's what Gardner <laughs> yeah. Minshew needs. Uh, so, yeah, I think Zach Moss is a really important player. And on top of that, you know, you mentioned the Colts offensive line. I think they're massive this week because this this uh, Ravens defense is so creative with how they draw up pressure and how they attack offensive lines that this Colts offensive line needs to be on the same level of play that they were last week. Last week, barely challenged by the Houston Texans, made everything look easy. And we're really just punishing the Texans for being a bad defense. They need to kind of do that against the Ravens. Again, not punish the Ravens for being a bad defense by any means, but have that same level of communication, confidence, and just skill level uh, in this next game to keep Gardner Minshew clean if Gardner Minshew starts. Because if Gardner Minshew's under duress and he's thrown off his back foot, scary things can happen. But if you can keep him clean and let him get that ball out to his playmakers, then he can run an efficient and effective offense. So this Colts offensive line has been really good through two weeks, has been, I mean, honestly, phenomenal compared to last year. Just mm -hmm. got to keep that going against this really good Ravens defense. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, the PFF grades, for example, for the offensive line reflect that as well. Like Will Fries had an elite grade. Braden Smith had a really nice game. Ryan Kelly in that first half was lights out. Quentin Nelson had an elite pass blocking grade. Uh, so just really good stuff there. But something that really stuck out to me was Shane Steichen, again, uh, was asked about the success of the offensive line, and he really commended their communication. Mm -hmm. And you could say, I mean, the offensive line was one of the bigger downfalls of the entire offense last year. And the most glaring thing was – the lack of communication. Like it felt like the veterans were overdoing it. If a defense brought extra pressure, it was getting through their communication was just rough last year. Yeah. And so for that to be one of their strong points right now, and now we're seeing the offensive line is doing really well. That's not a coincidence. Like yeah. I, it feels more like the offensive line is turning the page and moving forward and getting good again. So that's really good to see. Uh, something else that's going to help out uh, Michael Pittman Jr. I'll just make this one quick. Um, when you look at the Ravens, their first two games, Nico Collins, who we saw be a real thorn in the side against the Colts and T Higgins, 
they combined for 14 receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns in two games. So it's possible to do like Alec Pierce has not had that come out performance yet. Possible if they play more man coverage, the Ravens do. So that's certainly possible there. It's more likely if Minshew is going to be out there. Uh, so we'll see. But Michael Pittman Jr., if he can look more like week one than week two, not that he had a bad performance in week two, but he averaged like seven yards to catch. Um, but Pittman is probably, again, the guy in the receiving game this week. Yeah, I think the three players to watch in the receiving game this week are Michael Pittman Jr. because there's going to be a lot of RPOs to keep that Ravens pass rush and Ravens defense kind of honest a little bit. And that's where Michael Pittman Jr. thrives. So Michael Pittman Jr. big on those. And then Josh Downs is going to be massive uh, Mm -hmm. in the passing game because they just need that quick win wide receiver. And they're starting to trust him a little bit more as that quick win wide receiver. So I do think he's going to have one of those games eventually where it's like, eight catches for 70 yards or uh, nine catches for 80 yards, like something like that, you know, like really high production in the short passing game uh, in a week like this against a, a Ravens team that's going to come after you. And then mm-hmm. Kylan Granson as well, the mismatch of tight end, a guy who can quick, get that quick separation. Those are the type of guys that are going to be really big this week. I did want to touch on defense real quick. Obviously we want to see the secondary step up, but the one player we just want to see a vintage moment from is Shaquille Leonard. And mm-hmm. I say that with like, yes, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed have both been phenomenal this year. They have both been outstanding linebackers. We just need that Shaquille Leonard moment. I think Shaquille Leonard's been fine this year. I don't think it's been anything special so far. I know he's still working back from injury, but we need that turnover. We need the punch out. We need the interception. Whatever it's going to be, we need a vintage Shaquille Leonard moment this weekend just to say, okay, here we go. Now we have three really good linebackers because – Leonard is kind of in third place among those three right now, which isn't a bad thing because the other two are playing so well, but I need him to have that Shaquille Leonard moment to feel like he's fully back. That's exactly right. Again, EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin, they've kind of earned us thinking, giving them the benefit of the doubt and that they're going to play at a high level. But this is an attack. I mean, Lamar Jackson has been lights out as a passer, but we just know what he can do as a runner. And that hasn't been unlocked much yet so far. I I mean, he's only got, what, a handful of designed runs so far. Mm -hmm. We know that is obviously something they can do. I mean, Lamar and the Ravens have beaten the Colts a couple times in recent memory, you know, especially with second half stuff, just kind of going back to what Lamar does best. And so I think a vintage Shaquille Leonard performance, he doesn't even have to have 10, 12, whatever tackles. Just like you're saying, that punch out, could be critical. It could come at the most important time. That interception that just magically appears in his chest out of nowhere, <laughs> like they need him out there performing at a high level and just kind of turning that magic. But another guy I'll, I'll add to it, Rodney Thomas. It hasn't been the super strong start, but he led the team in interceptions last year. I just keep picturing, you know, that bomb to Zay Flowers, you know, the downfield passing game from Lamar Jackson. He throws a beautiful, accurate deep ball. And as the deep safety, I think Rodney Thomas could really help them out making life difficult there and, you know, making Jackson pay, even, even if it's just something as easy as picking off a tipped pass or something, which he did a couple times last year, uh, kind of along the same lines of Shaquille Leonard. It hasn't been a banner year yet, but he's capable of creating those turnovers. And especially for him, it's usually on downfield passes. Yeah. So Make Lamar Jackson pay. That's what I'm looking for. Yep, yep. If you guys 
are big fans of our show, please follow us at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Again, every day as we back here tomorrow to talk crossover Thursday with Kevin from Locked on Ravens. Also, subscribe to us over here on YouTube where we listen to your guys' podcast. You know, we love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys again bright and early tomorrow morning talking Locked on Crossover.